This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Welcome to the Immigration Hour here on America's Web Radio. Uh, it's just going to be me today, folks. Chuck is uh, down fighting for the rights of the undocumented. <laughs> uh, David, I don't know if you know that, but uh, the state of Georgia will not allow uh, these kids who have deferred action, whose who, uh, enforcement on their case has been deferred by the federal government, to get in-state tuition to these uh, to in-state colleges. They could have graduated. Majority of them graduated from a Georgia high school, been here their whole lives, uh, great students in a lot of cases, and the state of Georgia says, ah, oh, now you got to pay out-of-state tuition. So Chuck's down there at a uh, – I think uh, he's at a status conference with one of the uh, judges down in Fulton County. So hopefully uh, he'll resolve that and come back with uh, great news, although I don't think it's going to be resolved today. Uh, justice is not swift. <laughs> and certainly not in Georgia. I, You know – I love my home state, as you well know, and I probably should move back because I, I do miss it, uh, which is Texas. But, you know, they, they're they not perfect either. But I moved, when I moved to Georgia, I, I was very pleased. And, and, boy, there was a time in Georgia that it was just – it was a very, very good state. And, and it seemed to be run by capable people. And yeah. uh, and that was true for the governor as well as the uh, our representatives. But I don't know if it's money or I, – I can't address what the problem is. I don't know. But Georgia has its problems. It took me a year uh, – did I mention this before? It took me a year to get my refund. They kept claiming oh, that we yeah. had sent in the wrong yeah. stuff. And all, and it's and my son's an accountant. Yeah. And, and I, I don't use my own son because of, of conflict. Conflict. But I asked him, I said, you know, and he said, oh, my God, it, it's gotten it, – it's worse than the federal government trying to do something with uh, the uh, – with, with state Georgia. governments, yeah. I mean, Georgia in particular, but with state governments, yeah. Unfortunately, you would think you would never say that. It's harder to deal with something than the federal government. But unfortunately, in, in a lot of cases, it is. Well, you know, when when you're right, you're right. And this, and this is the thing that uh, I understand from my accountant is that uh, – and, and I'm sure it holds true with immigration. It holds true across the board is that uh, they have let a lot of competent people go mm-hmm. and replace them with incompetency. And they're, they're, doing, they're doing crazy things like uh, my uh, – my brother-in-law happens to work for the – always retired from the state but is contract labor now. Yeah. And they have proven many times that it's more cost-effective to let a person use their own car mm-hmm. and reimburse them at a fair rate than it is to make them go and do a rental car. Guess what they're doing now? Abusing the system somehow? <laughs> no, they're making them go and and, and rent a car oh, to to go out in the field. Oh and it's yeah, just absolutely insane. Yeah, and the inefficiencies with it. I mean, that's it's uh, you know, I mean, it's not they they're not spending their money. I mean, it's it's no. uh, it's other people's money. You can think of no, all it's your money. <laughs> it's my, my money, money, right? Yeah. It's not their money. They didn't earn it, and that, that's the problem. Is listen. I can, you know, Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, they got a lot of money. I can think of a lot of good thing, a lot of things I would do with that money, and I would probably be pretty risky with it because I didn't earn it. And that's that's what happens with all these yahoos that uh, work for the state, the federal government. I mean, they 
they have no incentive to be uh, to be rational and frugal <laughs> and all that because it's other people's money. And you know, just uh, yeah, policy right. here in Georgia. But this uh, this this uh, Policy. This Georgia driver's license or the Georgia in-state tuition thing—it's it's out of it's, it's just dumb. It's just—it's not even a good uh, public. It's just not good public policy. Telling kids that who are here and graduate from Georgia high schools, we're going to treat you differently than other kids you went to high school with, simply because of your federal immigration status, and we're going to charge you uh, out-of-state tuition. And in a lot of cases, that you know triples or quadruples the uh the amount of money it takes to go to college and so a lot of kids uh you know they're entering the workforce earlier and they're not getting as educated as they they would like to be and you know i i personally think college is a complete waste of time and money for the vast majority of people so for some of these kids it actually might work out better uh in their lives because college these days david is just basically a uh uh for a five-year vacation, I mean, it takes most people five years to graduate from college now, which is absurd. I mean, that's dumb. But uh, regardless, it's it's just bad public policy. You, you should not treat similarly situated people uh, differently. Uh, in this case, just because their federal immigration status is different from uh, somebody who was born here. I mean, the bottom line is the federal government has has. Uh, I don't want to necessarily say authorize them to be here, but has deferred action on their cases, and, and the state of Georgia should recognize that. If they're not a resident of Georgia, what are they a resident of? Why are you going to try to charge them out of state tuition? It's just, it's just more evidence because they're foreigners and they're probably undocumented <laughs> and they're on welfare. Yeah, they're on welfare. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's just dumb, Rocky. I, and and I hate to, I shouldn't be on your show. I no. shouldn't be on your show or immigration. Oh my now. goodness, we. we um, you, the but, we love the dynamic. Well, I, I tell you, I, I and it's hurting me. It's hurting me physically, quite frankly, because I get too upset with with friends, even, and with with people that should at least sit down and understand. You're talking about universities being a joke. People listen to this, and they think you, and they think Charles are off the deep end with this, you know, oh, my God, they're immigration attorney. They're taking up for the document. Well, we, we already have one strike against us because we're attorneys. And yeah, most well, hate it to- <laughs> no, that's about five or six. But, you, know, you shouldn't be in the ball game. Actually, no. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, you know, and I get so frustrated with them that, you know, they believe the lies that they hear from their congressman. They believe the lies that they hear from other people in media and are even political uh, wannabes, presidential wannabes mm-hmm. that totally either, you know, and I don't, I'm not going to name names, but one one is very prominent right now. Politician? Pardon? Who? Politician? Um, yeah, politician. Oh, but, name names. But, Come on. Nah, but anyway. <laughs> The, the point being is I'm, I'm getting sick and tired of what little mainstream media there is left, that Man. they misrepresent everything, They and then they put people on the air that totally misrepresent it. And, and, and you know, quite frankly, if an alien or undocumented or whatever the hell you want to call them walks in the door and and is on welfare and is on food stamps and is on yes i would be opposed to it but from what you've pointed out many many times they're not but you're you're also opposed to u.s citizens leeching off the system well certainly i am that that damn couple did you see them that have been 
uh, well, scooping the the food stamps, and they're going oh, around yeah. the world on their million dollar yacht or whatever. A- absolutely, that, that's you know? why. That's why I always say, listen, you know, uh, I, I agree with you. I don't like people leeching off the system either. But that is a I said it time and time again on the show. That's a problem with the welfare state and. Uh, Take it up with the welfare state. The, the the way to fix that is not to just deport people who are abusing the welfare state. It's to fix and end the welfare state. I mean, it's a, it's two totally separate issues. And 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 you know, you hit it on the head. I mean, the, the problem is that there's so many people out there, uh, whether it's in mainstream media, politicians, and I'm, I'm going to read a quote here from a politician. I'm going to name names of just their complete ignorance. I, and a lot of these politicians are actually attorneys. They they don't even know the law. One, yeah, and then their their take on the situation is just it's uh, it's absurd. I mean, you have people. Uh, I'm going to actually go over this New York Times uh, article um, that came out a couple of days ago because it's got some really relevant points in it about uh, deportations and things like that. But there's a quote in here by by your boy Jeff Sessions. <laughs> I can't stand Jeff Sessions. FYI, uh, he's got a quote here that says. Uh, in uh, in in talking about deferred action and you know things that the uh, Obama administration has done uh, in setting enforcement priorities, which is absolutely within the confines of the law. I mean, there's much discretion the executive branch has in carrying this out. But old Jeff says the administration has carried out a dramatic nullification of federal law under the guise of setting priorities. The administration has determined. That almost anyone in the world who can enter the U.S. is free to illegally live, work, and claim benefits here as long as they are not caught committing a felony or other serious crime. I mean, two things here. Nullification of federal law. I mean, on this instance, I mean, I, yeah, I can show you some – I'll definitely point to some other stuff where they've completely ignored the law. But on this, he's dead wrong. I mean, the the Immigration and Nationality Act – gives the executive branch wide latitude in how it enforces uh, the law, uh, the discretion that it can use. I mean, if, uh, you know, he, he, he goes on to say that in setting the priorities that it's allowing people to illegally live and work here. If the If the executive branch didn't have such wide latitude, why do we have a category for, I don't know if you know, David, but People, when they're employment authorized, there's a, there's a certain category that's tied to their uh, – that basically you're employment authorized in this country under a certain category. We have a category, C-18, for individuals to get work authorization in this country who have final orders of removal that the government is not executing. So to say that uh, you know it's a nullification of federal law and that we're just allowing everyone to – that can come in to illegally live here, work and claim benefits – I mean, he just, he's completely out of touch with reality. Either he's just grandstanding and playing to a base, which I'm sure some of that is, and, uh, or he just doesn't, or he's just completely ignorant. There probably is a little bit of ignorance, uh, uh, on his part because he, uh, he he just doesn't understand the issue. And and there's a lot of politicians that don't. I mean, it's, it's just sad. I mean, it's just, it's, uh, representative of, of the, uh, of uh, the problem out there, and, and why it's so hard to 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 fix our to fix this broken immigration system. I mean, overwhelmingly, the the, the populace supports some some sort of reform or legalization. I mean, very few people are in the uh, deport everybody now camp, but you just have this divide in Washington where they just can't get anything done, and I and it's just because of ignorant politicians like that. I mean, 
It's uh, it's sad but true, David. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and, but it's both sides. You know, oh no no, it's, it's both it's, sides of the aisle. I I will totally both. Sides. I will. Uh, unfortunately, I think there's more vociferous Republicans on the wrong side of this issue uh, than Democrats. But uh, listen, you know me, David. I can I can bang on both of them all day long. <laughs> i, I got to ask, and I, I don't know if this is in your notes or not, yeah. but uh, what did you think of that tunnel that they exposed oh, uh, in California and San Diego, I believe? I am – you know, we're going to – we're going to go off. I'm going to go off on a tangent here because I love talking about that stuff. Uh, that I think it's cool. I mean, it's. Uh, <laughs> you think it's cool? Well, no. I mean, it, just just the the. I mean, it's a technological. I don't want to say technological marvel, but I mean it, the thought and and uh, work and everything that went into that. I mean, it just uh, it just shows how powerful the market is. I mean, uh, smugglers exist for a reason. Uh, they're trying to uh, supply. Uh, a good for which there's a demand, and they, you know, those guys can't just uh, bring it over the border in the back of uh, semis, so they go under the border. And I mean, there's they've found these tunnels with like rail lines in them, electricity and everything. I mean, uh, well, air flows. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I don't condone, you know, disregarding the law or anything like that. I think my opinion, you know, my opinion on the war on drugs is, is more than uh, more than known. I, I think it's uh, it's just. Just shows how powerful the market really is, and you know, kudos to uh, kudos to some somebody who built that. You know, it's uh, well, it's you know, actually, it, it reminds me of something. Uh, I I can't remember who it was. Some sort of law enforcement agent. I don't know if it was an ICE agent or something, but we were uh, talking about um, the tunnels and and these ingenious. I don't know if you've ever watched uh, Border Wars or anything, but these ingenious things that they come up with in cars, like hidden compartments and everything. And you know, he's, he's like. Well, you know, he's got the education to do that. Why can't he just uh, put it to good use? Well, he's putting it to good use. The market has said that people <laughs> want stuff, and he found a way to make something that people want. So let's take a quick break and uh, come back, and we're going to talk about numbers. I want to talk about your representative and how <laughs> safe we are with him as a spook. We'll be back right after this. Si usted tiene problemas con inmigración o asuntos que tiene que arreglar, llama a los abogados de Cook Immigration Partners. Somos en su lado. Tenemos más de 50 años de experiencia haciendo las leyes de inmigración y defendiendo a los inmigrantes. Llámenos hoy a las 404-816-8611. A las 404-816-8611 o al www.immigration.net. This is Cheryl Linker, host of the Master Gardener Hour on America's Web Radio, Saturday morning at 11 o'clock. Join us as we keep things fun and interesting as we educate you in the world of master gardening. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And we're back on the Immigration Hour, and I'm curious of who let this undocumented into the country. But what's the joke of the day of the New York representative? The joke of the day? Or the, of the decades. <laughs> the joke of the decades? Al Sharpton? Al Sharpton. He's, 
He's been protecting us. He was a spook for FBI, the FBI. FBI <laughs> informant uh, in the 80s. Good job, Al. Uh, might want to pay your taxes, man. It looks to me like his uh, 30-year-old wife is running the boy crazy because he's lost about 200 pounds. He, he really like. has lost a ton of weight. I, and it's only been – Recently that he's lost all that weight because I think I saw him on – I don't really watch mainstream media at all. But I, I saw him on something when I was at a government building and I was like, man, is that Al Sharpton? Looks like he had like triple gastric bypass or <laughs> whatever it is. I mean, dude's like got – he's got all the neck uh, I think it's a, the stuff. vacuum hose that they've been putting on him trying – no, we won't go there. But anyway, <laughs> trying to keep up with his 30-year-old wife. Hey, more power to him. FBI informant, though, that's nuts. Yeah, that's, that's enough to scare you to death, isn't it? Yeah. Ooh, protecting us, Al. Thanks. Like I said, pay your taxes. Um, anyway, we were talking a little bit about uh, – I read a quote uh, earlier in the, in the previous segment from uh, Jeff Sessions. He was quoted in this, this New York Times article titled, uh, More Deportation More Deportations Follow Minor Crimes Records Show. Uh, this is from April 6th. I guess, what's that, like two days? Two days ago? Sunday? The Sunday Times, okay. Uh, basically just saying, how, uh, you know, bearing out the numbers that, uh, you know, the president has, you know, uh, the Obama administration is focused on going after criminals, gangbangers, people who are hurting the community, and not after students or folks who are here just because they're trying to find a way to feed their families. But, um, you know, he came into office uh, touting that, and it's really been anything but. Uh, you know, the article references here, it's, it's, it's got, you know, it cites to several sources, but two-thirds of nearly two million uh, deportation cases involved people who had committed minor infractions, including traffic violations, or had no criminal record at all. Twenty percent of the cases involved people convicted of serious crimes, including drug-related drug offenses. All right, first off, I don't necessarily think drug-related offenses are serious crimes, uh, simple possession of a controlled substance, I don't think should qualify as a serious crime. There, I don't definitely don't associate any moral culpability to that. But the problem here is uh, ICE has a ICE has something called the Criminal Alien Removal Program, and they focus on people who are quote criminals. Now, the problem with that is how you define criminal, and we've talked about it before on the show that ICE considers. Uh, I mean, well, it, a criminal is anyone who violates the law, whether that violation of the law. Uh, is a you know a traffic offense or uh, something you know horrible like armed robbery or murder or something? I mean, ICE uh, says that they distinguish and, and 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 sometimes they do, but the problem is is the record the the numbers really just don't bear out the fact that uh, enforcement is targeting the people that uh, that we need to target. And part of the problem, David, is. Uh, is the way ICE uh, comes up with who or its deportation numbers, and, and we all know that every federal agency is uh, cares about really one thing, and that's protecting their budget. And uh, if you're an enforcement agency, you got to keep enforcement up. Uh, ICE has a goal of uh, a goal, not not a quota. They call it a goal uh, of 400,000 deportations a year. Well, why is it 400,000? Why isn't it 405,000 or 395,000 or 11 million. I mean, why why 400,000? I mean, it seems like uh, that's just kind of an arbitrary number and it it it's why we have a 
a broken broken and for we have a broken immigration system but even more so more broken is is the enforcement uh mechanism of that of that system and and ice is just perpetuating that by randomly saying we need to deport four hundred thousand people a year that's what our budget's based on to maintain our budget we got to keep deporting those people i mean that's that'd be similar to a uh and police departments across the country may do this but that'd be like a uh a police department saying we need to arrest we have to arrest 10,000 people this month you know they they might have that on uh, on traffic tickets and other things where they can uh, extort money from people but that's essentially what this is ice has just picked a number out of thin air and they perpetuate it every single year by trying to reach a target number of deportations how about you just do your job i mean why why is it that you need a a goal of people to to deport i mean just like I said, police are what you don't need a goal of people to arrest and imprison. I mean, it's just it's it, isn't that it, the way they hand out traffic tickets? <laughs> that is the way they hand out traffic tickets. But the consequences of a traffic ticket little less than a little, little less than a uh, than a deportation in in most cases. Then again, but, what do numbers mean to this administration? Well, seven million, seven million one hundred thousand. Who knows? But four hundred thousand. That's probably four hundred thousand. Is probably as high as a guy can count, and that's what they come <laughs> up with. The high, how high ice it can count? Yeah, but it's just arbitrary. I mean, it's it's uh, you know. Like I said, why isn't it 410,000? I mean the reason it's that is because it's based off of some algorithm that I guess that they use each year to increase that number so they can justify their uh, their ridiculous budget. I mean uh, – You know, you got, you got to have paper clips. You, got you don't want to deny them paper clips. Don't want to deny paper clips. Well, and you got to buy ammo too. I mean they're, they're buying ammo like it's going Hollow to stop. Hollows. Hollows. Got to get those hollows in. Uh, but you know, just some other things. Uh, the article mentions that the demographics of people that are being removed today aren't really different from uh, you know from from several years ago. The, the vast majority of people are are uh, of people that are deported are Mexican men under the age of thirty five. But what's changed is their circumstances. A lot of them have families now, uh, and it's just to continue on with this enforcement heavy strategy is just it's just not the way to go. Um, the uh, the article also mentions that the largest increases uh, in the, in the removal numbers, uh, deportation numbers, involved uh, illegal immigrants whose most serious offense was listed as a traffic violation, including driving under the influence. Now we can debate the the the, the serity, I guess, of uh, of driving under the influence. I personally don't ascribe nearly as much moral culpability to it as as a lot of other people, um, as far as the risk they pose to uh, to the community. I think it's funny, David. Actually, when uh, somebody is arrested for DUI out in the county, uh, you know, they obviously taken to the to jail to sober up, whatever. And the county will usually set a uh, uh, a bond of you know two thousand twenty five hundred dollars on a first or second time offender. You pay that, and then you eventually go to court. Uh, the state of Georgia or, or the county has determined that just because you got a DUI or a second DUI that you're not uh, you're not such a risk to the community that they need to detain you until they've adjudicated your uh, your matter, which is what they do for a lot, which is what the state can do for criminal things. But in ICE, when you get into ICE custody and you go before some of these immigration judges, one, uh, especially down at the Stewart Detention Center, you have one DUI, and the, automatically they will deny bond, saying that uh, you are a danger to the community. Or if they set a bond, it'll be some ridiculously high number, like fifteen or twenty thousand dollars. I mean, it just it just goes to show uh, how how things are, uh, you know, just a, more evidence of how just distorted things are in in the uh, in the immigration system. Um, 
There's uh, there's another quote in here from uh, Cecilia Munoz. She's a uh, White I, House. Uh, go ahead. What you got? I, I, I was just saying, you know, and uh, you're as guilty of this as as the next person. <laughs> We're all guilty as of the something. mainstream media, and that is every reference that you've made so far has been towards our southern border. What about the deportation of the illegal Muslims that are coming in, the deportation of the Chinese? Are they all being stopped for traffic tickets? And, Abs- and Absolutely. You'll see it's uh, a- absolutely. The, we rep- I represent a dem- the largest undocumented population here in Atlanta, the, the most significant portion of it is uh, from south of the border. But if you go to immigra- – if you talk to immigration practitioners uh, out on the west coast, Seattle, San Francisco, where the heaviest concentration of undocumented people is from the Pacific Rim, you know, Asian countries, I mean it's the same thing there. I mean I just reference that simply because that's the majority of what I see based on the demographics where I live. But it's, uh, it's the same out there. I mean they're arrested for uh, traffic violations and placed into removal proceedings. And I, I see it here uh, here in immigration court. I mean there's, there's a small Asian contingent. Uh, um, from Indians as well, from the Indian subcontinent. Uh, but this, the demographics here overwhelmingly are more uh, people from south of the border. But you go to uh, an immigration court out in Seattle, it's going to be you know real heavy uh, Asian. Not going to be anybody south of the border. But vast majority of people are still Hispanic. They're being deported. Vast but, majority. Uh, but the, and you got to we we ought to preface that by saying too, they're not all. They may be Spanish, but they're not all necessarily Mexican. No, uh, the overwhelming majority are Mexican. Um, but, yeah, they're from all over Central America, Honduras, Guatemala, El Salvador. Uh, you don't really see too, man- too many from Panama or um, Costa Rica or Nicaragua, some from Costa Rica. But, yeah, I mean it, it, the, the human cost of this is not just uh, – it's not just a Mexican problem. You know, obviously in, in terms of absolute numbers it is. But it, it affects, uh, it affects our, you know, people of, of all you know, nationalities I mean because there's people here from all over the world. I mean that's it. I want, to, uh, I want to read this one quote that's in the article here because I think it's, uh, it's telling. Uh, it's spoken by Cecilia Munoz who is a White House domestic policy advisor. I want that job. What do you What do you do? White House domestic policy advisor. What, how How can we take away rights? <laughs> they sit around thinking things like that. But uh, she says the president is concerned about the hu- human cost of separating families. Okay, commendable. But it's also true that you can't just flip a switch and make it stop. Well, actually, you can. Okay, um, because you just say. Uh, I mean. The executive branch is really hierarchical. Okay, you're going to do what your boss tells you, and all he's got to do is tell home, Department, the Secretary of Homeland Security, "Hey, stop removals for people that meet these criteria. Not discretion, but stop it." Now, whether that's politically feasible or not, or uh, politically possible, is a different story. But the discretion and the authority is there, and. And for uh, this administration to act like it's not, I think, is uh, is intellectually dishonest, and they're intellectually dishonest in a lot of ways because they flipped the switch on a lot of stuff. I mean, if uh, they really thought they could benefit from this, they would throw that switch. I mean, they do it in all kinds of other things, just act unilaterally. So I think it just shows a lack of uh, moral courage uh, on the part of the administration to uh, uh, use its political capital in uh, ways that only benefit it or a small 
section of the populace because this would benefit untold numbers of people uh, if they would just exercise a little more, more uh, moral courage. You know, he can. Uh, the president can talk about making deportations more more humane, uh, but at the end of the day, you got to walk the walk. You can't just continue to talk this talk of we're going to make it more humane. We're going to use more discretion. You know, there's obviously been some good things like you know deferred action for childhood arrivals, but uh, he, he just hasn't gone far enough. And and I think it's time for uh, for him to exercise uh, some moral courage and, and and go a little farther, uh, and not and not just uh, save that political capital for you know things like Obamacare and other uh, boondoggles. Well, um, I tell you what, the an- we're going to take a break. Yeah. And uh, the answer to all of your questions was at the Final Four last night. We'll be back with yeah. more of Rocky and the Immigration Hour right after this. Si usted ha casado con un ciudadano o tiene problemas con inmigración o tiene una oferta de trabajo, llama a los abogados de Cook Immigration Partners. Somos en su lado. Con más de 100 años de experiencia en la ley de inmigración, conocemos la ley y sabemos cómo ayudarle. Llámalos hoy a las 404-816-8611, a las 404-816-8611 o visítenos al www.immigration.net. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Okay, we're back. So the question is, Mr. Rockcliffe, the answer was at the Final Four yesterday, last night, and... uh, Shout out to UConn, by the way, number seven seed, getting it done. But I mean, the rolling kicker, through the tournament. The kicker was, and you wonder why you can't get an immigration bill passed. You can't get, uh, you know, you're going off on that uh, Obama has done the best. Well, I don't think he's done any better than any Well, I don't think he's done the best. I think uh, there's been some good things, but yeah. But when you got two people that, quote, unquote, hated Ostensibly each other, hated each other. And they're sitting there holding hands at the Final Four. Were they, holding, were they really no, holding, they hands holding hands? <laughs> it wouldn't George surprise George W. Bush and and Mr. Big Red Nose Clinton. Who is the adopted black sheep of the Bush family now? <laughs> well, you yeah. know, I, and I don't mean that you can't be civil, but if if people recall, right, Clinton made some rather nasty accusations about George one, and now yep. they're. They're supposedly hanging out with his, yeah, and they're good buddies, and now he's hanging out with his son. You know, 
It's you know why? It's it, the the final four was at Jerry's World, and uh, Jerry just brings people together. Yeah, Jerry Jones just yeah. brings everybody together. <laughs> He's such a good guy. Yeah, but you're right. It, it is the that uh, it's evidence that uh, you know the the ex the former presidents club is really really exclusive, and 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 they probably you know have you know several things in common that other people can't understand. But it really does show. I mean, the, two people who just who literally hated each other. I mean. I mean, talk about slinging mud. Those campaigns back in, what, 92, 96, I mean, those things, you think it was nasty today. I mean, it was really nasty back then. And then to go and just, hey, let's catch a game, it just shows that it's all it's all a game for them. I mean, it there's is. really no, there's really, it's not about principles. It's not about uh, ideologies or anything like that. It's about, I mean, I hate to sound cynical like this. When I'm with, I mean, it's all about getting paid. I mean, that's, it's all about them. It's and, all and about them maintaining their power and uh, you know maintaining their money. I mean, there's there's you know several, you know there's a couple of types of sociopaths. I mean, those who crave power and and those who crave money. And unfortunately, uh, nowhere do those two meet uh, with a more disastrous result uh, in our society than in you know national level politics. And I and you know the thing is, I think it. I think you hit it right on the head. I think it's personalities. I think it's the DNA. I don't think Putin's any different from no. any of the rest or nope. any better, any worse. Uh, he's a narcissist uh, just like Obama is. Right. And they all think that they can walk on water, but I got news for them. Yeah. Well, the, but, pro- the problem is, is that politics attracts a, a sociopathic type of individual, an extreme narcissist. Uh, people who, while they put on a show, are not necessarily secure about themse- uh, in, with themselves. That's why they constantly need that attention. And unfortunately, that's who rises to the top in politics. And, yeah. and that's, who's, uh, that's who's making the rules, people. You know, the, the, there's you hear all the time of people. Well, you know, you should run for president. The the people who should be president or representatives don't want to be, and they're uh, you know many of the founding fathers were reluctant to be what they were. I mean, they they just wanted to go to their farm and farm uh, and, 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 and be you know merchantmen. But how how can you sit there and think with what we've got in Congress and what we've got in the administration that you're ever going to get? An immigration bill passed. You know, I, I'm, I'm still optimistic. Not as optimistic as I was. I think I'm a little more optimistic than Chuck, uh, but definitely now, you know, not not as optimistic as I was last year. But but yeah, how how are we ever going to get something done? Uh, you know, it just. I guess both. Uh, you know, both parties. I mean, they're basically the same party. Uh, they don't. They don't understand the political calculus or they understand it well enough or so well, and maybe I'm the one who doesn't understand it. They understand it so well that they can just keep pushing this issue off and not really having to worry about it uh, because it's not going to uh, affect their political futures. I mean they've done the political calculus. I just – from my point of view, as I've said on, on the show numerous times, I mean this is – immigration reform is a win. For somebody that just wants to take it, I mean, it's just sitting out there. You're basically going to secure the much like the uh, the Republican Party secured the support of black voters after the Civil War. Uh, I mean, just you can secure the uh, the Latino vote for years to come if you just do something on this. Now, and I'm, I'm not saying that you should that uh, Republicans or Democrats Democrats should do it for that reason. I obviously think there's way better reasons to do it but 
you know, I, these guys don't do things for the good of the country. They do things for the good of themselves. And so exactly. that's, that's why I, that's why it's so hard for me to understand is that it's a political win for them sitting there just for the taking. I mean, there's uh, there's all kinds of other reasons to do it that are better, but I don't know, David. They, they just uh, it it's kind of baffling to me. I, I just I don't know the cap. The political calculus they're using to uh, to decide to just close on this, and, and maybe it is they're waiting to see. Uh, Republicans are waiting to see what happens in in primaries to see if they're susceptible to challenge from the right uh, if they appear to be soft on this issue. And Chuck and I have discussed it before here on the show that uh, I don't think that anybody is susceptible to challenge from the right solely on your stance on immigration. You might be for a lot of other issues, but solely based on your your stance uh, towards immigration reform and amnesty uh i don't think you uh could lo- i don't think you would lose a primary to uh to a republican just don't think it would happen well i you know is your candidate hillary going to come out uh, with my a candidate. david with an have, immigration oh policy? man my kid i have no idea if she is but i hope she doesn't come out with any policies because i cannot stand her i need to bring in david you would find you'll find this amusing i uh i used to write for a school newspaper uh when i was in ninth grade <laughs> and uh, that coincided with the with the ninety two election, and I uh, I saved the papers and I had some choice words uh, for for Mrs. and Mr. Clinton back then, uh, and my my feeling of dis uh, you know my feeling of dislike for her has only grown uh, because I think she is slimeball. I mean, oh, right. just no a question. complete and total slimeball. But you know what? She probably will come out with some sort of policy, and you know it's probably going to look like what the Senate passed. And he'll throw some amnesty out there. I don't know what side of the the future path to citizenship she would she would come down on. I'm sure that she'll run numerous polls and conduct conduct focus groups and whatnot because she's not going to have a principled stance on it. That I can tell you, she's going to have a politically expedient stance on it. You know, I, I, you know the respect I have for Charles. And his gardening. No. Uh, for his, his, <laughs> We'd have a gardening uh, minute. We'll have a gardening uh, minute at the end. But, um, you know, uh, Charles and I have talked away from the mic a little bit and uh, and, and on mic uh, before Rocky joined the, the club, in fact. But, and, I, and I'm, certain, I'm just a poor boy from Texas that barely got his degree from Texas Tech. <laughs> and... Uh, you know this immigration thing is not rocket science, and it and it's like Chuck has put it uh, very simply, and has presented it to Congress in several numerous hearings times. numerous yeah. times. And I just don't understand why something can't be done or why it hasn't. Well, I do understand because nobody. What's in it for me? And if there ain't nothing in it for me, then you know. And, and it seems like the only thing that um, is in it for any of the politicians is that they can stand up and lie like a rug and <laughs> yell and scream that they're against illegals coming in and getting welfare, and, you know, and all the, all the stuff that we've talked about. Mm-hmm. And yet there's a very there's very simple answers to all of it. Yeah. And what people what really pulls my chain is like Charles has said. You know, everybody everybody says immigration and Mexican are synonymous or yeah. whatever, which is wrong. We're right. keeping out some of the world's finest brains mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. by our stupid immigration policies. That's a great segue because I wanted to talk about that uh, just today. The la- I know on the last show we talked uh, the H-1B uh, deadline was coming up. Uh, but you're right, Dave. The system is broken and it's keeping out who we want to come in, the best and the brightest. You know, you go to uh, – if you go to a university in this country and you have all kind of uh, – on a student visa and you get all kind of qualifications and you're super educated and you want to be an entrepreneur, uh, it's very difficult for you to stay here uh, employment-based. Um, they, we have just, – just to kind of juxtapose that against, against something that's in the, that's currently in the system, they, we have uh, – we have a lottery for people to come to this country, a diversity visa lottery, which is literally the dumbest thing. Hey, let's let's have people in other countries just uh, and and only certain countries can can apply. It's it's because uh, we want to diversify the population. We don't have enough diversity here. So you have all these uh, small nations in Africa. They'll get a certain number of people that can come here on a diversity visa uh, after they win the lottery. That's luck. Why do we want to have an immigration system that where a component of who gets to come here is based on luck? That's just dumb. And at the same time, we have we put a limit on the number of uh, non-immigrant employment visas that companies can use to bring talented individuals over here. And that number is sixty-five thousand. That it, it's just dumb. Sixty-five thousand? Are you kidding me? There's a uh, ostensibly, Congress is saying, "Well, there, there's only 65. We only need to create 65,000 of these visas every year uh, because that's uh, that, that's what the market needs." No, how about you just let employers bring who the hell they want to bring here? I mean, there, there's, it's your company. You can do whatever you want, so long as they're not, uh, it, so so long as the company is willing to petition for them. Why do we we have all these employment preference categories and everything? Listen, we want people to come here who want to work. I mean that that's the bottom line. But instead we focus on things like diversity and we institute programs a lottery for these people. I mean it's just it, it's uh it's just dumb. I mean these 65,000 H1Bs uh they just they've they're already gone. I mean, they have to uh CIS probably received 150,000 of these applications uh between the fir- they could start being delivered the first in the last couple of days and they've got them all there. And they're just going to pull sixty-five thousand out at random. I mean, how dumb is that? You have a need. Why does it? I mean, just and and that this is actually something that the president can't just up the number of. I mean, it has this is you know it's a statutorily oh, yeah, he can. created yeah, scheme. by executive order. He just <laughs> by executive it's order, fun. pen yeah. power of the pen, baby. Let me just uh, declare. Uh, He's doing three more today, as a matter of fact. <laughs> the use of executive orders is out of control. I mean, they literally it's been. Uh, in the last probably three presidencies, I mean, they basically view it as a lawmaking thing now. To, yeah. The executive executive orders. I mean, there's not even pretense anymore that hey, this is really not official, but we're going to do it. I mean, it's just hey, I'm an executive order this, and it, and it's done. So why don't you do something that would actually help the economy uh, and increase the number of H-1Bs out there? I mean it's just it, – it's stupid to limit the, the number of uh, high-skilled workers that, that can come into the country. I mean under – I mean, you know, I guess the argument from people on the other side of this issue would be, well, we don't want the t- them to, uh, you know, displace American high school workers. Where, well, first off, you know, I talked about this last week. There's no, you don't have a right to a job. Okay, I mean, 
employers and businesses are, are in business for a reason, and that is to make money. One of the ways you make money is you find the best product available, labor, okay, uh, at the cheapest cost. And if a foreign worker can do a job cheaper here than an American worker can, there is no reason that, that there should be impediments to uh, to that employer producing at a lower cost. I mean, it just th- there shouldn't be. And and it, the reason that uh, you know people say, well, we got to uh, we got to protect American jobs. That's just dumb. That's protectionism. It doesn't benefit anybody, and all it does is lead to uh, increased costs in the economy. Let's take a quick break and uh, come back and talk a little bit more about the economic benefits of immigration reform. Soy Charles Cook, el jefe del grupo de abogados Cook Immigration Partners. Estoy en su lado. Con más de 20 años de experiencia con la ley de inmigración, conozco cómo ayudarle. Sé la ley y sé que alguna gente podemos ayudar. Llámanos hoy a las 404-816-8611. A las 404-816-8611. O visítenos en el internet. www.immigration.net. This is Cheryl Linker, host of the Master Gardener Hour on America's Web Radio, Saturday morning at 11 o'clock. Join us as we keep things fun and interesting as we educate you in the world of master gardening. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio, the most listened to podcast about immigration in the known universe, David. We're going to stand by that one until somebody uh, – Where's, your, where's sit, your tin hat? My well, tin I thought hat. we were supposed to be trying to contact the aliens. <laughs> trying to contact uh, co- contact stuff outside the solar system. No, yeah, we're going to stand by that until, uh, until we get a nasty email from uh, – from somebody saying, no, my, Gore, my podcast is the most listened to uh, podcast about immigration in the known universe. And then we'll we'll gladly step aside for you. But uh, <laughs> They're probably speaking Ukrainian or something. That we couldn't understand something. Them anyway. Then we'll just have to change to uh, English language podcast in the known universe about immigration. And then just keep refining it. Uh, but always will be the most in the, uh, listened to in the universe, whatever metric we use. Um, Dave, before the break, we, I was talking a little bit about the uh, – Our w- numbers w- are provided by the Obama administration. Oh, by the Obama administration, so they're definitely correct then. Uh, I was talking a little bit – we were, we were talk- discussing a little bit of how uh, – why the system's broken. I mean the uh, the the skilled worker visas uh, for non-immigrants, uh, the numbers are just too low. Uh, it's, it's difficult and costly for an employer to uh, petition an employee and actually get them a green card. Uh, permanent residency where they can you know travel in and out with ease. Uh, that that's one of the things that any immigration reform needs to uh, needs to focus on. I think I don't want to say more so, but just it's just as critical for our, probably more critical for our future. I mean the the amnesty portion of it for the people who are here undocumented definitely there's a uh, there's a, uh, a an immediate thing with that to to get that situation fixed but if we want to you know make our economy stronger and move forward then we need to reform the the portion of this uh system that allows for people to come here and make our economy better uh we can't keep 
pushing people, you know, the best and the brightest away to other countries because uh, we need that talent here. I mean, we want young entrepreneurs here uh, who who are willing to work, who have advanced degrees, and 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 are, and are willing to participate in our economy. There's just no public policy reason. Uh, other than you know the the tired protectionist argument to to push those people away, I mean there's 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 all kind of economic benefits that come with uh, with immigration reform and and you know chief chief I don't want to say chief among them but uh, is is there's a there's a big demand for unskilled labor and that's a a, a lot of the uh, undocumented that are here uh, perform unskilled labor and you know if you're uh, if you're one of these people we got to get rid of them. Hey, are you willing to pay you know half a million dollars for your house that cost two hundred thousand yesterday? I mean, that's it's just one of those things. It's a factor of production. Um, so we definitely we definitely want to keep uh, keep keep people here who who are willing to work. Um, speaking of work, though, uh, David, you know what E-Verify is, don't you? Yes. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, our little city has this big thing about. Uh, the number of employees and you have to sign off on E-Verify and yeah. all that. What a- David, I think E-Verify is absurd. I just – I think it's dumb. It creates another federal bureaucracy and I, I kind of uh, – this this is where my job kind of runs into my personal interest. You know, uh, you know, we, we've talked about on uh, Undisputed, which airs here uh, Thursdays 9 to 10, uh, about the growing – Starring. Starring. Me, <laughs> uh, we talked. We, we talked at great length about uh, how you know my opinion that I think we're uh, we already are a police state uh, in in many respects, and, and it uh, I think will continue to get worse. E-verify is one of those things, uh, and you know it kind of crosses over into uh, to my you know my, my day job as an immigration attorney, having to understand and know uh, what e-verify is and how it functions and everything. But it's just. Uh, one of the things that, that pr- prospective immigration reform would do is, is mandate the use of E-Verify. David, what would you – what do you think some of the founding fathers or those of our founding generation would do if they were told, hey, 200 years from now, certain classes in society will have to be authorized by the federal government to be employed? I mean, just 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 think, just let that simmer. The federal government authorizes certain people to be employed. Thomas How Jefferson crazy is that? Would have uh, even even the Hamiltonians among them who were all for the big uh, big you know big government as it was back then would be mortified that today certain people have to request. Work authorization from the federal government. That I mean, and that that's what he verifies. It's basically uh, a bureaucracy the federal government has inserted between an employer and an employee, a uh, you know, uh, a, a producer of labor and a consumer of labor, saying uh, it's okay for you to hire this person. Are you? I mean, that is literally the dumbest thing uh, ever. An employer has to make sure that. Before he employs somebody who's willing to work for him and he's willing to pay that person, that the federal government has authorized his employment. I mean, that, is that just am I am I crazy for thinking that that how absurd that is? Anything that is followed by dot gov <laughs> gov. Uh, oh. You know, I, I 
I'm oh, many, many, many years older than you are, and I, I have always been pro-government, pro-optimistic that that we have the greatest government in the world, and and that. But I am, I have turned into such a cynic, such a, a pessimist as far as our government is concerned. Yep, same here. Um, that uh, you know they less less is always better. Yep. I. I that's it's one of the things I, I tell people. I don't care what you're cutting, where you're cutting it from. Now, obviously, I think that uh, some things should be cut, ha- have a greater, have a higher priority, in my opinion, to be cut. But I will never oppose cuts in government spending for anything, anytime, anywhere. Smaller government is better government. And 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 the way government gets smaller is it it spends less. I mean, it's it, that's that that's what it is. I mean. It's well, we, we've learned that they have a whole different outlook, uh, perspective on it, and it's been run into the ground that, uh, you know, to keep your budget, you got to spend $2 yes, exactly. more than your budget. So, yeah. hey, frugality is your, uh, your budget this year was a billion dollars. Uh, you only spent $900 million of that. So we're going to cut you to $850 million to be able to get by with that. Uh, so you – have the incentive, man. We got to hit budget. We got to spend this billion dollars, yeah. You know, whatever yeah. it is, and it's just, uh, it's, it's crazy. crazy. It's, <laughs> it's insane. I mean, I remember the. But uh, uh, you know, the, the the problem is, and and this is the same thing. Not getting away from immigration. Oh no, it all comes back to immigration at some point. But yeah, it does. As yeah. a matter of fact. Well, I mean, and, that's uh, you know, the, the kicker is, there was a time when I was. Flag waving and and uh, for Goldwater and uh, you know a number of other things yeah. that I thought the system could be changed. Quite frankly, oh, no. collapse is the only yeah. way I see that anything is going to be changed. Unfortunately, and, uh, yeah, that might it, be it. It's it's and that's sick. Yeah, but no, I mean you were relating to you know the six hundred dollar toilet seat, the seven hundred dollar hammer, the mm-hmm. you know I mean this is just. Yep, you saw it when I'm, I'm sure you saw it when you were in Afghanistan. Oh, I see, the the waste. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah. I, there's a company out in Gainesville <laughs> that's made a bajillion dollars, and I've mentioned this several times. I I, I hate them, and I, I it's what they're doing to me is criminal, but they're putting together and selling to the army and the CBs a carpenter's box. Oh my now this gosh. carpenter's box costs. Us taxpayers, two, three thousand dollars. I don't have the definitely I, I a five or six hundred percent markup over the uh, they go some to of Home the costs. They, they, they buy the damn stuff. They buy the they buy the five dollar hammer and sell yeah. it to. I mean, yeah. and we buy it. And no, then what absolutely. happens to it? Absolutely. We leave it there. Oh man, I can't even get into that. We'll we'll have to talk about that one on Undisputed because that's a whole topic for another show. Of all I mean, the waste that is associated with that twelve year, thirteen year boondoggle. But you know, I want to come back uh, to you know you talk about collapse and and you know getting back to to, to talking about immigration here. And I think that this E-Verify stuff it's uh, it, it it's rapidly uh, the turn the ACLU is. Uh, and I know you're probably not a fan of the ACLU, but 
they've they've said the e firefy is is turning our society into like in a into a permission society where where you have to ask the federal government for permission to do anything. I mean, hello, uh, it's it's crazy. I believe that's called Obamacare too. Uh, no, absolutely. May but, I get hip surgery, please? Yeah, it's 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 permission to do things that ordinarily in a free market. Uh, you wouldn't require the permission of a third party. I mean, if you want to get something uh, and somebody's willing to give it to you or is willing to exchange with you, why why do we need the federal government or state governments or any third party to to interfere in that to to intercede? I mean, it's just it's it's mind boggling how uh, how we've gotten to this point. You know, I mean, I. I you have to have a, a third party coming in saying this person can work for you, this person can't. I mean, you're right. It's the same thing with Obamacare. I mean, you have a, a third party mandating uh, mandating the care. I know we've kind of disagreed about that in the past, as far as you know. I think if you're if you're the one paying for it, definitely nobody intervening. But if you know somebody else, the person who's paying for the uh, the good or service, I think has the uh, has the ultimate say in in what you do or uh, don't do. Um, we only have a couple minutes left, but I really wanted to uh, hit this topic here. Um, it's, it's a it's an immigration related topic here uh, about enforcement, and we can kind of expand on it next week because uh, I know Chuck would probably have some crazy comments uh, on this. And, and if you do hit us up, uh, and you're an immigration attorney or just a informed observer or listener, hit, you know, hit us up on Twitter with a question about this. David, uh, one of the things that uh, in criminal perception, I just want to preface this for, for next week. In criminal proceedings, when the government seizes evidence in violation of the Constitution. They don't get to use that evidence prosecuting you. In the immigration context, uh, as it relates to enforcement, uh, that it's called the exclusionary rule. That doesn't exist in the, uh, in the immigration context. ICE agents are free to do essentially whatever it is they want, uh, and the information they uncover is not subsequently excludable per a Supreme Court decision. <laughs> uh, it, and so it, it gives uh, it gives you know immigration enforcement authorities even less incentive to uh, comply with uh, you know with the Bill of Rights with the Fourth Amendment. Uh, we're you know making people uh, secure from search and seizure, and and uh, it's a case uh, the Supreme Court case is INS v uh, Lopez Mendoza. And we're going to talk. Uh, I just wanted to preface it. We're going to talk a lot about that next week uh, as to, to some alternatives to see if we can. Uh, you know, fix the enforcement system. That's all we got today. Uh, you know, download the podcast, and uh, we'll see you next week. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.